This is Weekly Woman by Jubilance for PMS. Hey everyone, I'm Alice, the social media manager for Jubilance, and today I have with me um, Meredith Morris. Meredith is a co-owner of the hair salon Made in Beverly Hills, and she, along with her partner, Danae, have been hairstylists for over 20 years and tired of the robotic factory style work, these two got together in 2014 and decided to open their own salon, Maven. The goal was and is to have a salon where everyone can feel welcome, at ease, and get quality time with their trusted stylist. And the approach at Maven is to curate customized experiences to every individual. They've created the idea of hashtag Maven moments to live your best life, And as an entrepreneur committed to making women feel their best, we're so excited to have her on today. Um, So welcome, Meredith. Thank you so much for joining us. It's so funny when you think about like creating something and then having it kind of read back to you. I was just sort of like, oh my gosh, that's, (laughs) that is so cool. (laughs) You're doing some great stuff. So that's why we want to have you on. Well, I'm so excited that you have, and I'm excited to be here with you today. Awesome. Um, I just want to open it up to some more fun questions at the beginning. Um, what are your must-have hair products? I mean, I think it's so hard because, you know, used to, I think when I started 20 years ago, you had like a mousse and a hairspray and a pomade. And now you have like the most custom individual products that can fit in every single you know, button or hole that you could even think of. Um, I mean, obviously like an incredible dry texture spray or a dry shampoo. I think those are like, that is like the holy grail for probably most every single woman that I interface and interact with. And I'm still going to stick with like the old school, a really great working hairspray, probably my favorite. Um, at the salon, we work with a brand called Co. So I definitely have like my, my favorites within that line. But yeah, I think the stable products that every woman should have would be a great working workable hairspray and a really great like uh, a really great dry shampoo oh that's amazing thank you so much I love dry shampoo yeah I feel like half the clients come in and the first thing they're like is like oh and I'm like oh girl I already know there is so much dry shampoo in there but like let's get go let's get after it we can get it out of there perfect <laughs> What is your favorite hairstyle that you're cutting now? You know, it's so interesting because having been in this industry for 20 years and kind of like watching the ebbs and flows and trends, I'm kind of excited. What excites me the most right now is it seems that for like almost the last 10 years, it was sort of like no style was the style. It was like, how long can we just get our hair? I don't need a lot of shape. I don't need a lot of structure which that was a really fun stint of time, right? We really like focused on a lot of coloring techniques to sort of amp up sort of a no no haircut haircut. But I will say now that we've seen like such a resurgence with 90s style and people are making like bolder, stronger choices in their haircuts and people are less attached to their length. I'm living for all of like the just very structured, sharp, short bobs. I think we just, the Academy Awards were just a few weeks ago and we saw so many women on the red carpet. And I just thought it was such a, you know, it's such a time of, uh, it's such like a cut of the times of like just for feminine, female empowerment and women sort of like taking back and reclaiming their sexuality um, by making stronger, bolder choices in their hair. So I've definitely been having all of the fun, just like chopping people's hair, you know, off. 
has been very fun because <laughs> it's been yeah. many years since we were since anybody had any interest in doing that and then on the other side there's like we're having a very big um there's been a really big resurgence in the extension business and people adding in hair and what i think is so fascinating is now even in those shorter short haircuts people are still adding in more hair for fullness and thickness so i think it's like you yeah you're not just using this technique for this one goal, I don't know, it's just been very fun kind of mixing and matching different sort of um, ideas. And like I like said, it for years, it was like, oh, extensions were just to create length. And now it's like, we're able to create the short haircut. And for a woman that doesn't have like a super strong jawline head of hair, we're able to pop in that hair and like really kind of, you know, create that for her. So really kind of right now is fa fabulous because everything is possible. And so, yeah. I didn't even know that was happening, that you could add. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hair. Yes. Yes. So yes. I know. Well, that's what I tell people all the time. I don't really, I feel like it may have been, we, I don't really like to have a lot of magazines in the salon uh, because I just don't really care for gossip or any of that kind of stuff. But I feel like it's important just to kind of connect with each individual client on like what their needs are. And so oftentimes when women come in with magazine pictures and they're like, I want her hair. I'm always like, so does she. I was like, she, you know how she's got a weave on a wig. Like that is not her hair. So like, how can we make this, you know, sort of humanize these people to be like, oh yeah, like her hair is the same as yours. And this is what her hair looks like, you know. Wow. Every day. Oh, that's so interesting. Wow. Um, okay. And what is the funniest thing you've overheard at your salon? I mean, we, Danae and I laugh all the time that we could actually host a podcast on the wild stories that have happened at the salon. Um, you know, I, we have had, I have had someone bring in a picture of a, Japanese anime cartoon and be like, this is what I want my hair to look like. Danae has had a woman bring in a Barbie doll that she had cut her actual hair. And she was like, I want you to replicate this haircut that I gave my Barbie doll. That's yeah, wild. It is wild. Oh my um, gosh. As far as like funniest things heard, I, I, I don't know. I can't think like off the top of my head, those would be like outrageous stories. But I feel like in our space, we kind of have this safe haven for women to just converse with each other. And it, it's sort of like an open community. So I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like there's, we do a lot of laughing and a lot of commiserating mostly over like all of, you know, everybody's hellish experiences in the online dating community, but <laughs> there, there is a lot of fun and funny conversations having, but the wild things would be like a woman who brought in a Barbie doll and wanted her Wow, that's haircut the way the way that she had cut her Barbie doll's hair, not the way that Barbie's hair was originally. That was outrageous. Incredible. <laughs> um, can you talk about where you are now? Um, we haven't heard where Maven is, or I guess it's Maven Beverly Hills. So yeah, <laughs> so we're in Beverly Hills. Um, Danae and I met working together. Oh, I mean, probably like 10 years ago, we worked, we both worked at a shop in Beverly Hills um, proper, you know what I mean? Like right in the middle, like right off Rodeo in the middle of everything. Cause you know, it's sort of the epicenter for, for hairstyles. I mean, I think in Beverly Hills alone, I'm not, don't quote me on this, but I did read one time that there are over 600 hair salons just in Beverly Hills. So you have to think that Beverly Hills is just a small neighborhood essentially. Right. But like, that is how it is like the epicenter for our industry. So 
our shop is located off Doheny. We're like, we're like a half skip and a jump from Rodeo, right? But we're like tucked on this, like probably one of the most beautiful streets in all of Los Angeles, like just huge, beautiful um, palm trees, you know, wide road. But yeah, we're kind of not in the middle of like any sort of like shopping Mecca, but we work next door to like a tailor that has been there for the last like 30 years. It's very, very charming, the little street that we're on. And the next door to that is a, um, is a, a dog animal rescue that works with like finding like uh, homes for either senior dogs or dogs with disabilities. So we've kind of got this neat little niche, niche space it's like while we're like adjacent to all of the things, you know, to Gucci and Louis Vuitton and everything that you think of when you think of Beverly Hills, we're kind of preserved on this little like kind of precious street. And the storefront itself sort of to me looks like it reminds me of like a English storefront, like on a, you know, just in a quiet little neighborhood. So we're in the middle of everything, but we're not, which I think is exactly how Danae and I had envisioned, you know, life once leaving the big over the top salons. Mm -hmm. And um, what is your favorite part about living in Beverly Hills and um, working there? <laughs> well, to be honest, I don't know if there's like, oh, this is my favorite part. It is just, you know, I moved out here 16 years ago because Los Angeles, obviously, and is, is sort of the epicenter probably for the world, for the tastemakers on what is, what, what we are the people that are dictating, the people here are the people that are dictating the looks and trends that everybody worldwide, right? It's, wow. it, it trickles down to, because you have to think like everybody that's on a red carpet, everybody that's in a movie, everybody that's in a magazine, like those, those people, that community is here. So for me, the biggest appeal to being in Los Angeles was like, oh my gosh, am I going to be part of that community that gets to sort of do that. So when people talk to me about what are the trends and what are the looks, it's hard to know because I feel like out here and especially in this neighborhood where I'm, we're our things are constantly moving and evolving and probably we're already like a few steps ahead of like what a trend would actually, would actually be. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think what I love, I, I, I hate to sit there and be like, oh, we're in Beverly Hills because I just, I don't have that attitude about it. But what I like is being like having my finger on the pulse and working like alongside in a community with so many like truly, truly, truly the best in the business trap, you know, tried and true, um, you know, just the the best of the best of the best and to kind of be working in a community of those people, you know, being from a small town in Mississippi and like Danae, my business partner, I mean, she grew up literally milking goats on a farm in Bakersfield. So I think just to be like shoulders brushed and working alongside those people and being part of that, that is what is special. and means something to me. So I think Beverly Hills, just because of where it is centrally located in Los Angeles and because of the community that lives here, it, tends to be the haven for like most of the tastemaking talent. So just to kind of be in that community is, is sort of what excites me the most. I think about it. Yeah. That's so interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that until you've said it. Um, but speaking of trend makers, um, I have to ask since you're, you're part of this and in Beverly Hills, have you ever worked on a celebrity's hair? Um, yeah, I have. Or you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think when I first moved out here, that was like the dream, right? Like I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to be doing hair for magazines and red carpets and all of those things. And I have 
been fortunate and gotten to work with celebrities and, you know, um, I have gotten to do all of those kind of things in my business, but very early on, I realized that I am better served and like am a better match for a salon hairstylist rather than somebody who is like constantly on set or constantly, you know, being taken out of the salon for, for, for one job or another. There are a handful of people that I remain to work with because I have deep relationships with them, but sort of what I love about the salon environment is that it's constantly moving and things are constantly changing. And so it's like every couple of hours, the energy shifts and a client comes in and a client comes out. And I just realized that for me, there was not a real strong appeal in the sense of like that hurry up and wait culture that Hollywood is really focused on. Do you know what I mean? So I would say most of my clients that are celebrities, they're people that come into the salon to get their hair colored or to get their hair cut. And they kind of work with a different team outside of the salon that like specializes in just doing, this is the presentation of their look out there in the, in the world. But yeah, I think, yeah, I, I just sort of shifted. And I think too, in my career out here, I have worked alongside a lot of people that are very, have been very, very celebrity driven. And honestly, sort of departing from that is probably a lot of the reason that Danae and I ended up coming together and opening Maven because we wanted to create a salon for everyone, like where you're still going to get all of that world-class hair, you know, all the things it's not reserved just for the celebrities that live in LA. Like everybody can have that. And that sort of through like trial and error of learning and being out here and realizing like where we fit in, I think that's kind of how we migrated out of that environment and into our own, our own thing. Yeah. Can you talk more about starting Maven? Um, I mean, you, you're talking a little bit about like why you started it. Um, can you talk us through how that came to be? Sure. So um, Maven has now been open since, I mean, I, I feel like you know the statistics better than me. I think it's about five and a half years. It'll be six years wow. in August since we opened up. And I think, you know, Danae and I, when we first met, we worked in a very big salon. And at that time, you know, I'd been like out here for maybe like 10 or 11 years. I didn't really know. I had never had any real aspirations of owning my own hair salon. Now I had ideas for products and all of these things, but owning a salon seemed like a nightmare to me. And Danae and I went to lunch one day and I can remember we were both just really burnt out in our said salons and we just felt like there was a lot of drama and a lot of chaos and I was like oh my gosh had someone told me in like 2001 when I got into this business that there was going to be so much drama and competition and you know lack of professional like things just not being run from the top in a very professional manner I'm not sure that this is the path I would have chosen for myself and I was like maybe I'm going to get out of hairdressing. And she was like, you know what? I've been thinking the exact same thing. I just went back and I'm getting my personal training certifications because maybe I'm going to pivot into that. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll get into like PR or something. I just don't know. And I would say like after that conversation, within a a few months, I got a letter in the mail saying, there was a, a salon suite, you know, in the country now there's all these like pop-ups of these salon suites where people rent like individual room. They leave their big salon, they rent an individual room and they open up a space. And I found out that one of this, these companies was going to be moving into Beverly Hills. And so I called Danae and I said, I have an idea. I was like, what if we think outside of the box? I was like, 
there's not going to be any real money required for us to get this started up. And when I say not real money, I mean hundreds of thousands of dollars and like doing a whole build out in a big salon. Yeah. There's not going to be a ton of things, but what if we went into this salon suite? So we went and met with them and we said, can we rent four of these studios and take down all the walls? And we would like to open up our first salon here in this space because we don't know anything about running and owning and operating a salon or what that looks like. And we made, a somewhat moderate investment into like what all of that would look like. Um, but without any real fear, you know what I mean? Like if it didn't work out, we were like, okay, well, if this doesn't work, we're not going to be in some huge lease. We're not going to be in some long-term thing. And we haven't, we don't have some loan for hundreds of thousands of dollars that we need to build out a salon, which is, you know, when you're doing plumbing and, you know, electricity and all that stuff for a salon, it can be very, very expensive. So we sort of went there and they agreed to do that for us. And, that was, yeah, almost six years ago. The dream, obviously, would be that we would use that as a place to then open up our own. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I have three dogs in here, and I live in an apartment building, and it's just sort of what it is. Draper! <laughs> hey! 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 So we've got to stop and talk about our sponsor, Jubilance for PMS. It's a daily supplement that helps you be you. Jubilance is an over-the-counter nutritional supplement shown in clinical trials to relieve the emotional symptoms of PMS. That means less stress, anxiety, and more of getting back to your life. You deserve to be your best self all month long. And thanks to modern science, PMS is now optional. It's the first and only product for emotional PMS backed by real science with double-blind placebo-controlled peer-reviewed studies. And it works. I work for Jubilance because I'm here to help women, and this is the real deal. Jubilance isn't just a product, it's a global mission to make PMS mood swings a thing of the past. The Jubilance Sisterhood is a movement of thousands of strong women escaping the PMS struggle with science, sharing, and communal support. We're here for you each week with stories of amazing women, your weekly playlist on Spotify, and for you to dish and cry about periods on our Facebook group. So why not give Jubilance a try? Go to www.jubilance.com to learn more. You know, the dream was to open up our own uh, brick and mortar space. And so I'm so thankful that it kind of happened in this way because the first two years of us owning our business, I think that we thought things had to look one way and we, you know, we had to pivot quite a lot and to sort of find, you know, the, the sort of team and culture and environment that like was exactly authentic to like our mission and what we were trying to do. And in those first two years, we were able to sort of make adjustments along the way. And then, of course, um, a brick and mortar location became available that was like right. Now. I mean, it was like our dream spot. I mean, we had actually said for years, like if that ever became available, like that is where that would be the perfect space, it's the perfect size, the perfect street, all the stuff. And so I guess we just kind of manifested that for ourselves because it became available and we got in there. I mean, it was a mess, but we, you know, completely redesigned the whole thing without having to do things like electric and plumbing. And we've been there now for a little over three years. In February, it was three years. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it definitely, yeah. So it wasn't the kind of thing where we were like, oh my gosh, we're going to spend years deciding and building the salon. I mean, I think when we opened up the original location, that all came together within about five, five or six weeks. Wow. Mm -hmm. because in our business, we couldn't tell, we, we had to keep everything super secretive, right? Because we don't have paid time off. 
like we had to keep working our regular jobs and then on our downtime be putting together and building out this whole other secondary thing because we couldn't afford not to have a home to service clients in wow. that lag time. So Danae and I, we, we work really, really well together, but we were able to sort of tag team out um, those job responsibilities while maintaining our clients and getting the salon up and running to begin with. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. um, what is the most challenging thing about owning your own business now? Um, having like, you know, out? to be honest, now oh, sorry, like I have we have a dog here. Um, so sorry. Uh, what I think is that I got some very, very, very good advice. One of my best friends out here in Los Angeles is a meditation teacher, and when she first came to the salon to come meet with us, she said don't be so precious about anything. Be okay to like pivot. And when something isn't working, turn another direction. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I think initially that there were things that I thought, Oh, in order to have a successful salon, you've got to have 20 people working there in order to have a successful salon. It needs to be this, 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 and this. And what I will say is Danae and I really stayed true to, um, to that advice that my friend Megan gave us. And when things just weren't quite working, we were okay to pivot. And I mean, Danae is my longest relationship. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a professional. Um, Perfect. We, communi we communicate so well to each other. And in such, I think we both bring, you know, I think she's, I, 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 I speak and just come from a place of a lot more passion and like emotion. And Danae is like very, very, very grounded. We both want the same thing at the end of the day. So it, there's a nice way to sort of like push and pull each other in the direction that yeah. we need to go to get to the end result. But I think initially, you know, it just, honestly, if I'm honest, the hardest thing about opening up our own business was realizing how many other I don't mean hairstylists. I mean, when we would have vendors or people come, we were like, no one does their job. <laughs> we were like, how does anything get done? I was like, wow. you know, it was kind of like having to manage other people in their jobs just to make sure that they were doing their job for the things that we needed. So I think that was super eye opening because wow. in our chosen professions, if you, if you don't do your job, there are no clients and there's no money. You know what I mean? There's no salary yeah. just coming in. So I think that was a really, that was a challenge just to sort of figure out how to, how to be like authentic to ourselves and then how, having to learn, I think how to work, how, I'm trying to think of the right way to say this, how to work well when you have, um, how to approach men in your, in a business that are like working for you and how to get things done and sort of the attitude and mindset that you have to have in order to have those things become possible. So I think yeah. that that was a big learning curve for us. Cause I think we both just wanted to be like, Hey, da -da -da, can you do this? And then we like quickly had to learn, like you have to be kind of scary to get, <laughs> to get yeah, people to do things true. for you and to get them to do their job. So I think that was probably like one of our biggest lessons that we had to learn. And I think because there were the two of us, we really learned our like good cop, bad cop dynamic and able to like making those things happen. Draper. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. They're cleaning the salon today, which is why I'm not there and why I'm at my house with three dogs and neighbors and barking and all of that other good stuff. <laughs> Um, and kind of piggybacking off of that, um, our, our podcast is really about like, what is it meant? What is it to be a woman? Um, can you talk about being a woman and being a woman in business and yes. the differences and difficulties you've found? 
So this is like something that like really, really like just lights me on fire in such a wonderful way. Um, I think that, well, I think honestly, like in the last uh, 10 years, there's such a shift like in women to women culture, you know, but I think growing up, I'm just like somebody who's truly always been a girl's girl, you know, like I just, I, I like, I, I'm just, I don't, I don't even know. So when Danae and I opened up this salon and Danae is very, very much the same exact way. We like really stand for each other, for other women. And we wanted a space that really celebrated that, you know, when we sit here and we talk about the beauty industry specifically, most people also don't realize that it is still run by men. Really? And yeah. Yes. I mean, when you, if you were honest or whatever your knowledge is, if you think about like hairdressers that you know, or that are famous, they're men. If you think about like all the big salons with their name on the door, it's men. And so we have worked, I don't know if I'd ever had a female boss. Once I've had one female boss in all of my, my tenure doing hair. And I think that there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, hairdressing is for everybody, but there definitely was like a stigma. It's like in Los Angeles, unless you were Sally Hirschberger, nobody knew who you were. Like she's the only female that had like a name out here because everybody is, it's still very, very, very predominantly run by men. And I think the reason for that is, is there's like an old, older school mindset that women are competitive with one another and that a woman would prefer to go to a man because if a man tells her that she's looking beautiful and sexy, that might mean more than me doing her hair and giving her that, that feedback. Wow. And so I would say like, it's only been now in the last, it's, it's a very exciting time to be in this business and it's in a very exciting, you know, time to be, um, you know, a female and a business owner and all of those things, because it's sort of like where Danae and I grew up with that culture of like, just really embracing the females around us. I mean, I got into this business because I truly wanted to be a day maker. And I feel like I wanted to make people like really feel special and really highlight not just their outer beauty, but find ways to connect with them, like in an internal level that would like make them really feel good. And I've, I've lived my entire, you know, I was like a cheerleader growing up. I just think that is like very in sync with like who I am as a, as a human being. So I'm very blessed that I found a business where I'm able to use my creative and artistic ability while being able to like press on people, you know, their value and like all, all of those things. So yeah, I think, I think that we can thank social media for a lot of things because what it did is it really allowed I think women were just very quick and good at the game of being able to curate and cultivate an experience that attracted other women and so when you think in like the last I don't know five to ten years these female hairdressers started like really coming up in this business and you look at like Jen Atkin who now owns her own you know product line and this you know works with all of these celebrities and you look like Kristen S yeah Kristen S and she's got her product line at Target and women, younger women and like our generation down, it feels like have really latched on to like that girl game, that girl squad. Like, and it's sort of, you can see the shift even in Beverly Hills where things can be a little bit um, older of a mindset, the shift of women, like really embracing women. And I think that as a business owner, specifically here, specifically in this business, um, it it is definitely an exciting time. Yeah. To be, to be into all of that. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you so much for going into that. Um, yeah. 
another question I have for you is um, if you just like ran into a woman on the street um, and you had like a minute to give her a piece of advice, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, I don't know. You know, it's not, I don't even think it's about giving someone advice, right? I think a smile does wonders for people. And what I really try to do is I'm like somebody who's such an advocate for genuine compliments. So I would probably stop somebody on the street and then find something that they have or that they're wearing or that they, whatever, and pay them like a really true, genuine compliment. And I think that does more than like giving somebody some advice about something, you know, because then hopefully they'll carry that on the rest of their day. And it might, you just never know what's going on in other people's life or what people are dealing with. And I think that would go stronger than like a stranger being like, Hey, here's some advice. (laughs) (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Meredith, can you talk about what's next for you? What's next for the salon? Oh my gosh, I just don't even know. Um, <laughs> and that's fine. To be honest, it feels like just now, like the salon, it's like every single thing is just, I, honestly, you know, I feel like after the last five and a half or six years, I mean, I've been on a hustle and a grind for quite some years. And it sort of now feels like everything is sort of like more fallen into place. And really, my goal for 2020 is I want to I'm I'm in the process of taking more personal time and more personal care time so that I can like really pack into like what is next I think that for so many of us it's like okay we've got to have this career we've got to have this thing and we've got to be hustling we've got to be doing and blah 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 and then it's like years pass by and I just turned 40 years old and I'm you know I'm still single I don't really know what that I don't know about still about kids or if I'm going to partner with anybody. I'm kind of fine either way. What happens there? I sort of just trust, um, trust the process of that. But what I really want to do is really tap back into sort of my creative abilities and strengths and sort of stick. I, I, I'm in the, I'm in like a, a phase. I don't want to say pivot because I'll never pivot away from my salon because that is what brings me so much joy. But I do feel like there is some untapped something out there and I haven't quite moved, moved into that yet. So I, I don't know. You'll have, we'll have to stay tuned to see what's next. But there'll be there'll be something next. I'm always kind of pushing on to the next thing, but I just don't think I've had a enough of a break to get clarity in what what that might be. That makes sense. Yeah. Is there anything else you'd like to add to our listeners and viewers? Yeah. You know, when you earlier in the salon when you talked about when we created Maven Moments, I just think I wanted to yeah. address like what exactly that is. Thank you. So. so when we were going to open the salon, like when we were not going to open a salon and then a month later we were, it was very fascinating because I called one of my best friends and I said, I think I'm going to open a hair salon. That's like how, and she was like, I had a dream that you did and you named it Maven. Wow. That Maven was born. Yeah. I was like, well, that's the name. And so Maven is someone who is a master of their craft. And that just felt very like succinct with like just what we were doing. And when we first opened the salon, we were like, it was sort of in the beginning, the initial time of Instagram and hashtags and all those things. We were like, we really need our own hashtag. What is our hashtag going to be? And so that was sort of the idea of a Maven moment was born. And what I wanted it to feel like is that your Maven moment is, 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 is everywhere. Your Maven moment is, you know, when someone says, you know, when you're in a, is speaking to a stranger. It is like just living like in your authentic truth and being kind to other people and feeling your best. I mean, we're lucky, like I said, that we are able to provide 
that outward beauty to people, you know what I mean? And like highlight and showcase like what they present to the world. And that is just like a shell of what is inside. Right. And I think that creating that kind of confidence for people to present that way allows people to be more open and, and kind to other people. You know what I mean? When they have like true feeling good. And so in the salon, I wanted, while we're in Beverly Hills, I wanted to maintain, um, that small town sense of community that like I grew up with, you know, without gossiping and all that kind of stuff, but a place where people could come and people would interact with people and a place where people wouldn't feel intimidated. I mean, I work in Beverly Hills and I'm intimidated. I'm intimidated going into a lot of these places. They can be very scary. I wanted it to feel like you're coming into my home and you are very welcome here and we're going to sit down and our approach to hairdressing is unique in the sense that I want to figure out like, what is your dream? Like what would be your dream look? And then let's peel back the pieces and how, and make a plan to get there. And so that Maven moment, it kind of all came about like in a, in a silly way. It was really stolen from Mariah Carey. <laughs> I, love her. I, I saw a YouTube video where she was like on QVC or the home shopping network. And she was, it was like a montage, which everybody should Google it right now. Cause it's the, most fun thing that you'll see all day um and they basically everything for mariah was a moment right so there's like a montage of clips of mariah carey being like it's a jacket moment it's an autumnal moment it's a skirt moment it's a shoe moment like everything has a moment and that sort of encapsulated what i wanted maven to be i wanted it to be like this very precious special place where people feel like they could have that their moment and take that moment and you know express it out to the world in a, in a, in a truly positive way. That's amazing. So you're still doing the Maven moments then? Yes. Yeah, right. but we're always, we're always having a Maven moment. Okay. Always. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. <laughs> well, silly, but yes. Thank you so much for being on Meredith. Oh my gosh. Thank you yeah. so much for having me. We love nice having time. you. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll, we'll be sending you some of our products. Um, I have okay. <laughs> Oh, here, um, jubilance along with like a gift for doing this. So thank you so much for being a part of it. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Such a great time. All right. Have yeah. a great rest of your day. Bye. Bye.